the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another episode of the Michelle Tafoya podcast, Marriage, or as they said in Princess Bride, marriage. Marriage, how important is it as an American institution? Some people think it's not important at all. I beg to differ, but we're going to discuss it with a young man named Aldo Bottazzoni. He works for PragerU. He has written a column on this. He's our guest next. Welcome to the Michelle Tafoya podcast. So Aldo Bottazzoni is a young man, just graduated from college recently. He was a fraternity president. He's a guy. He's just a guy. But he works for PragerU. He's a guy of deep faith. And he's going to tell us why he thinks that a lot of young Gen Z women and celebrities and non-celebrities alike are getting on social media and saying, marriage, it stinks. I've been there, done that. Or I don't need a man. I don't need marriage. I'm just fine on my own. But are they really? And is this really what women want? It's a great conversation. Stay tuned for it. Aldo Bottazzoni is our guest. In the meantime, do you think your face enjoyed the summer? I mean, you enjoyed the summer, but what about your skin? Here's Ella from Rockford, Illinois. She says, I have both age and acne spots, and this stuff is actually fading both of them. This serum is worth every penny. What is she talking about? The Dark Spot Corrector from Genucel. Now, this is a must-have. After all the months we just spent in the heat and humidity, you got sunspots, brown spots, discoloration, red blotches. They will all disappear while you watch right in front of your eyes. And here's the Genucel Amazing Guarantee. You'll see results day one or your money back. So take advantage of this Genucel most popular package, which now includes the dark spot corrector plus the classic Genucel bags and puffiness treatment, which I love, and immediate effects all at about 70% off. So you get the world's best skincare and you get it completely risk-free. Did you know that Genucel offers a compliments guarantee? They'll give you your money back if you don't get compliments on how much younger you look. I've never had to ask for my money back. It's simple. Go to genucel.com slash Michelle. Do it today. Start looking years, even decades younger. Genucel, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash Michelle. Say goodbye to the dark spots, the bags and puffiness, the crow's feet. Genucel.com slash Michelle with one L. Genucel.com slash M-I-C-H-E-L-E. You'll see results day one and you'll get compliments everywhere you go. That's a guarantee genucel.com slash Michelle, genucel.com slash M-I-C-H-E-L-E. Marriage, what about it? Do you like being married? Would you rather not be married? Let's have a discussion that's pretty damn honest. That's next. I am pleased to welcome Aldo Barazzoni to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I, I read your article and it really struck me. And I had seen some of these videos from young women saying, gosh, my life is so good. I don't have to answer to anybody. I'm single. I'm cooking my meal. I've got my dog. Who needs marriage? When did this start looking like a trend to you? 
Well, I think these videos that have gone viral is is very recent, but the main thing that I talked about in the piece and really the sentiment that I think these videos uh, really encapsulate is the idea that men and women do not need each other, right? This idea that women can do everything that man can do. They can be perfectly happy and fulfilled on their own without a man. And I think that's really cultivated into an almost a, a resentment of men. Um, so I think really this this started many, many years ago, um, maybe with the feminist movement, but this whole idea of pure of, of total gender equality, of not needing men, of the genders being completely separate from one another. Um, and I think this is just really the extension of that. And these videos uh, are really reflecting that sentiment. And it's sad to see because men and women do need each other. Uh, we're very unique and complementary beings. And I think the promotion of the opposite of that is really sad. And I think it's going to lead men and women to be a lot less happy, which I think you can see in the data, you know, men and women aren't dating as much. We're not getting married as much. Uh, women are more unhappy. Men are more unhappy. This is not a good situation. And I think, you know, pretending like it is pretending like women are so much more happy uh, is, is just really a, a sad thing. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident, that was not your fault. Listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Yeah, it's interesting that these women feel like they need to post this as though they're trying to prove and go public with this notion that see how much better off I am. I, I, I feel so strongly. I must prove it. You know, I must show you. But I, I you know, I can remember a time in my life where I, I just I wasn't seeing anyone. I was in my 30s, early 30s. And I thought, shoot, I'm just going to need to find a surrogate and have a baby on my own and do this because I really wanted to have a child. I'm I'm really glad that I didn't. I don't hold it against. I have friends who have done that, so I don't hold it against them. But I'm really glad that I didn't. Uh, I found someone. I was fortunate to find someone who I consider the perfect match for me. Um, and it is hard work marriage. And I think that's what people don't want to do anymore on any level. And maybe that's part of this. It's it's hard work. It's compromise. But damn, the 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 rewards outweigh that for sure. But how much do you think that notion of, of work and commitment and compromise plays into this not wanting it? Probably a big part. You know, I, I'm dating right now. I'm not married yet. So I can't speak uh, from firsthand experience about marriage, but you know, I always say to people that love is not just a fleeting emotion, right? It's a choice that you make every single day. Uh, and it gets hard, right? There's times that you don't feel super loving. You don't feel uh, like you want to do the work, but that's what marriage is, right? You can go year, two years, three years at a time when things are really rough. 
Uh, but that's exactly why you get married. That's exactly why you find a partner that's going to be with you for life. Because when you're at your lowest or when things are get difficult, you're going to need someone that's not going to turn the other direction and walk away. You're going to have someone that's there for you when the times get tough. And unfortunately, in dating, what we're seeing today is, you know, with all these things like, uh, you know, the dating apps or, you know, it creates this idea of, you know, it's very easy to find the next best thing. Maybe even with streaming services, it's down, you know, it's downstream from that, that, you know, there's always something there for you. Uh, so it's very easy that when things get tough, at least in my generation, I see this as, as soon as they run into a little red flag, you know, they, they look at all the other options that could be wow. better. And so I think that uh, that is really playing a big part. It's it's really interesting. I also know some single people who have used those apps who have found them to be rather disappointing or just, you know, they'll meet someone and it'll last for a little while. Uh, and then I do have a pair of good friends who met on an app and who are married with two children and going through life together. So I, I suppose that's just a new, you know, meeting at the bar is meeting on the app, something like that. Um, so there's the work component and then there's what you said, the minute you run into a little bit of trouble or the bliss seems to be disappearing. I think that we make choices to marry people sometimes that aren't based on what really a marriage should be about. For instance, if you're just super lustful of a person, you just can't get enough of them physically that oh, you got to marry them, but that mm -hmm. doesn't last forever. And now you've now, where are you left? Do you know what I'm saying? So maybe it's the blissful and you think it's going to be blissful forever. And it's just not. It's a fact. It, it, maybe some people have that. I don't know. But I'm just wondering how, you know, it, we are so quick, as you said, to dispose of a marriage and say, been there, done that. It didn't work. So therefore, marriage isn't for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, to your first point, I don't know, you know, Waiting uh, to have sex before marriage might not be for everybody, but I will say to, you know, my friends in college, and I saw this firsthand pretty recently, I just graduated two years ago, it's really easy to feel like you love somebody, right, when you said you're very lustful and you're engaging in that stuff. It's really mm -hmm. easy to feel like that's the person for you when you have all these hormones running and stuff like that. So yeah. that is a benefit of that. But um, yeah, no, I, it's, I, I think... Also, when you, when you look at these women that are really talking about this, what I think it is, is they're, they're speaking from personal experience. So when they, when they really hype up divorce, when they say divorce is the best thing ever, you know, all these men were horrible. I think that's more of a reflection of their bad judgment calls, uh, and their judge of character than it is about the institution of marriage. Mm. Uh, so it's, I don't know, interesting. I don't know about their, their personal lives, but I think, uh, I think there's more to that than, than they're letting on. So you just got out of college a couple of years ago. You're obviously a young man. Um, are, are you of this? How many people in your age group do you think are waiting for marriage before having sex? I mean, you know, they're going to hold off until they're married. Because I can tell you in my generation, that was that was not necessarily a popular uh, stance. <laughs> Well, it hasn't changed. It's not popular. I don't know anybody. Tech. I, I maybe one or two friends that that are, but for the most part, uh, it just it's not happening. But I think the more important part, and, and you you talked about this, is people are dating for the wrong reasons, um, and that's leading them to prolonged you know moment or prolonged relationships that aren't going to work out in the long run. Right? You date somebody and you marry someone for values, not yeah. not really even shared interests. Right? Just because you have the same hobby doesn't mean that you're going to be a good match with somebody. It's more dating for values. Cause like yes. we talked about, you know, when the times get tough, when 
when you're down, right? When you need somebody that's going to be your partner and pick you back up. It's not because you both like to ski, right? It's not because you both <laughs> like going to the mountains hiking. It's because right. you have shared values, whether that's a love of God, whether it's, you know, a shared religion, a shared faith, uh, you know, your goals to have a family, to, to not have kids, to have kids, whatever it is. It's because you've picked someone that shares and aligns with you on those values. And I don't think enough people are doing that today. It is because of lust. It is because of hobbies or, you know, shared interests. Uh, and I think once people realign why they're picking their partners, I think we're going to see a lot better outcomes and longer relationships at the least. Realign and values are two of the, the words you used in that last uh, sentence that you said. Values, I don't even know if people are identifying their values. We are, because we have so much at our access, we can sort of say, gosh, right now I value a hamburger app delivered to the door. Um, but I don't know that people are looking at the big picture values. There are so many things out there. You mentioned religion, faith, uh, there's family, there's health, there's happiness, there's security, there's integrity, all of these things that you can value. But you sort of got to narrow it down to maybe, I've narrowed mine down to five that are the lanes in which I drive in my life. And I don't know if that exercise is being taken enough. If, if, if people are really identifying those values that they are going to live and die by for the foreseeable future, what do you, what do you think? How, how did you identify yours? I think every problem that we are seeing in contemporary, contemporary culture is all downstream from a departure from God. Honestly, I, you know, whether it's the drag stuff or the LGBTQ or the, the dating crisis or the lack of masculinity, right? All of this is, I think people do not have an identity. And so it's very easy to choose an identity or get a, a sense of self-worth from the material stuff in society instead of getting your, your, your sense of identity and your, uh, your sense of self from, from God. And I think a departure from faith has really led us to every single problem that we are seeing. It can all be traced back to that. Um, so that, that's what I think, but what are, what are your five? I'm curious. What are your five lanes? So my five are family, uh, integrity, security, and that's both, that's every kind of security, financial security, security of my family, health and happiness. And so, you know, I wouldn't say I, and I would, I have been sort of on a somewhat faith path lately. This isn't, uh, look, I was raised Catholic. I, I changed religions to Episcopalian. My kids are baptized Lutheran. So I'm, it's not like I'm this, uh, I'm Christian, but I'm not diehard. And, and, but I'm, I'm opening my mind to it. So I'm curious to find out how you, as a young man, found faith and found it to be so instrumental to your life. So I grew up in a Roman Italian Catholic family, and I don't have one of these stories that I feel like you hear a lot where I was really religious and then I fell away from it. And then I, you know, I came back and it changed my life. I've never, I never strayed away. Um, I, you know, these values were instilled in me at a very young age and I just found that they work. So there was really no reason for me to depart from them. You know, they had built a strong nuclear family that I was lucky enough to have two great parents and, you know, a couple siblings. Um, and it just, it always worked for me. You know, faith does give me a sense of identity and a sense of purpose. Uh, and it gives me, you know, someone to look up to a, a God and faith and it just works. It just works. And I can say when we, when I see friends or when I see societies or cultures, anything that don't do that, 
I, I don't see anything good, right? I don't see anything that I want to emulate. So thankfully, I've never strayed away, but it's always worked for me. It's unique. I mean, that is, I think, rare this day and age. And I'm I'm kind of sorry to say that because I think clearly you, you've got wisdom beyond your years. Um, how familiar are you with the the streaming series The Chosen? Uh, I've heard about it. I've that's about it, though. I don't I don't know okay. much about it. Okay, I'm interested in hearing people's thoughts about it because I started watching this, and to me, it's basically teaching the story of Jesus in a way that is very relatable for modern times. Uh, the language that they speak while they maintain certain accents and while it's placed in 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 the correct time frame, the, the scenery and so forth, the verbiage is very accessible. And they they make these people very human. And I found that a very a, a comfortable way and, a, and an entertaining way, if you will, for me to access this story in a way that I hadn't before. So I, I was just curious to see what you knew about it. Um, not speaking what, Aramaic with captions? No, they're not. They're not. It, they're, they're speaking very much like you and I are right now with a few exceptions, but it's, that's what makes it, I think, very relatable and has been incredibly popular throughout the world. But that's, that's sort of a sidebar. I, I wanted to ask you too about this term, toxic masculinity. It seems to me that men are being painted with a very broad brush you mentioned sort of a, a lack of masculinity. I think that's happening because men are being told it's being communicated very strongly to them that that masculinity is no longer appreciated, no longer tolerated. W what's been your experience? So I actually just uh, wrapped up filming a, a new documentary that Prager is going to come out with about masculinity and about this really this boy crisis in America but I think it all did start from this idea that men and women are interchangeable, mm -hmm. that they don't need each other. And it really came out of the feminist movement with this whole toxic masculinity that teaches people that all things bad in society can be derived from men. Uh, and it really teaches young boys uh, that their masculinity is not something that's of value. And not only that, but it's something that is that is a net negative on society. And so what is that created? That has created weak men. And when you create weak men, it's not, you know, these docile type men, you create bitter men that are resentful and you create men that lash back out of society. That's why you see, you know, every school shooter is a, is a young man, really. It's these, these uh, disaffected young boys uh, that when you don't give them a place to cultivate their masculinity, to feel like they have a purpose or that they're valued in any single way, uh, it just, it destroys the relationship's both between men and women. But when it comes to dating, I saw these figures the other day. I can't remember exactly what they were, but it was these Gen Z men. A majority of them feel like, you know, they don't even, they can't even speak to women out of fear that they are going to feel, or out of fear that they are going to feel uh, like they are creepy or like they are, you know, weird or they're off-putting to women. And on the other hand, most women uh, a majority of women want to be approached by young men. And so I feel like there is this disconnect that yeah. women want the men to come up to them. Men feel like if they do, they're going to be perceived as creepy or weird. Uh, and I think that all comes from this, this toxic masculinity thing. So women do not, women do want true masculinity. Um, but I think unfortunately we're not, we're not cultivating spaces for young men 
uh, to be able to develop that in, an, in a healthy, appropriate way. It's it's really interesting. I have a son and a daughter, and and I do see some of this happening. Um, y- you know, there's there's this idea that if you're a, a young man and you go off to college and you have relations with a woman, you don't really know. You might get slapped with a lawsuit. You might get called. Uh, you know. There are a number of things, and and there's this also this other messaging at the same time of believe all women, and to which I would respond Duke Lacrosse case, and that may only be one, but we've seen it. Um, There are some women who will create these stories for some need. I'm not really sure what it is. I, I have a hard time attention, victimhood mentality, whatever it is. So there, you're right. There is this massive disconnect. What do you suggest we do about it? I think that men uh, need to stop not need to stop giving into it, and I think they need a they need to go into spaces where they have strong male counterparts, strong male male peers to develop that within themselves. You know, that was a big thing for me. I was I'm an Eagle Scout. I grew up in the Boy Scouts before they started letting women in. Before it, it went woke, and that was a really important and instrumental. Uh, I guess thing that I I was able to develop being a young man, you know, being around other young men. I was the president of my fraternity in college. That was another really important thing for me, being around like-minded male peers. Um, And so I would encourage young men not only to get back into the church and, you know, look up to the one man, our our Messiah, Jesus Christ, and, and find in a sense of identity and purpose with him and relate to that, but also find spaces where you're around other like-minded men uh, and you can really get away from the popular mainstream narratives about what it is to be a man, because that's where you're going to find it with other men. But to the point about, you know, this whole, you know, the, you know, the sexual assault allegations, that stuff, I, I saw it firsthand. Like I said, I was in a fraternity in college. We had over a hundred members and that exact thing happened where one of the members had relations with a girl. She ended up regretting it and ended up making one of these cases, took him to court. You know, he was scholarship stuff was lost and, you know, went drag, drug him through the, the, the court system, ended up dropping it after there was provable evidence that uh, it wasn't one of these cases, but ruins someone's reputation. And so we see it with these celebrities like, you know, well, there's a recent one with the Russell Brand thing. I don't know yeah. if it's true or not yet. I think it's yeah. very early, but not, but you know, the accusations are enough to get his YouTube demonetized. The accusations yes. are enough to get people to drop brand deals um, to have the, the the court of public opinion paint him as guilty before he's proven innocent. You know, you hear about these these high cases, these, uh, you know, these very big cases, but you don't hear about the young men in college or high school right. uh, that have their lives and their reputations ruined, not based off of evidence, but based off of accusations. Right. I think when young men look at that, they say it's not worth it to me, right? When they look at the the marriage cases of, of getting divorced and you go to family court and the men almost every time they get the, the, you know, the short end of the stick, men look at that and they say, well, marriage isn't for me. Dating isn't for me because the risk to reward ratio just doesn't look correct. So I can't really blame them. I I can't. And it's really sad. It is really sad. You, you say in your article, uh, which we will repost on on my Twitter feed, my X feed, uh, you say that, uh, marriage is one of America's most important, maybe the most important institution. Why do you believe that? I think it's the the most important institution of, of any strong society. 
uh, because it's it's the it's the family unit is really where you derive those values and where you cultivate those values. And I will say that everybody, I, I say this all the time, everybody is beholden to somebody. And if you're not beholden to a God, it will, if you're not beholden to God, it will be uh, the God of government. And I think when the, when the government is your God, it's much yeah. easier for them to take away your freedoms and your rights. Uh, and what is the big, the best way to, to get rid of that? Well, it's, it's to have your influence be your family, right? If you're, if your family isn't the one influencing your values, uh, then it's going to be the government. And when you don't have family, I think things start falling apart really fast. And do you feel, as I do, um, I shouldn't ask you this in a yes or no form, so I'll rephrase it. What do you think about this idea that it is it, there is some sort of plan out there uh, by some people to divide the family so much that they are separate and they don't feel that kinship. And then they do just turn to the government or to teachers or to other institutions that are publicly run uh, for their, for their needs, for their all kinds of needs, uh, certainly not emotional, but for so other kinds of needs. And that there is this definite effort to try to break down the family. It, how, how do you feel about that? Well, I would say if there's not a concerted effort, uh, then they're doing a really good job without it. But I definitely think there is a concerted effort to tear apart the family unit. It's the first play in any Marxist playbook. You know, you look at what Stalin did. The first thing he did is he went for the churches and religions of every faith uh, in order to get rid of the family. Right. So it's faith influences the family, which influences society. When you get rid of faith, you break down the family and then you break down society and then you rebuild it with the government being the center of that. Uh, and I definitely think they are doing it. Like I said, if it's not a concerted effort, they're doing a damn good job otherwise. Uh, but I think that's why we have to build up the family. We have to build up the church. And yeah. I think we'll see society improve as a yeah. result. The Enlightenment America was built on this idea that we are free by the grace of God and not by the grace of government. And the government would work for us. And we would be in charge, not the government. And it seems to be going the opposite direction, which is really, really troubling to me. And the reason I'm doing what I'm doing now. It's so nice to meet you, Aldo. I, I, I'll, I'd love to talk to you again about your documentary that's coming out. And again, uh, you can follow him on all the various platforms, which we've been showing you along the way here. So best of luck with everything. Thanks so much for joining us. I really enjoyed this. Thanks so much. And I uh, hope to be on again soon. We will do it. We will do it. He is Aldo Burzoni. Burzoni. There are a lot of letters in his name, but he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's obviously tremendously wise beyond his years. And we will look forward to having you back. Until then, everyone, like him, just be brave and do good. And we will see you next time. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.